We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. Hey everybody and welcome back to another edition of the Dynasty Tradecast. I as always am your host, Eric Bertsloff, better known on Twitter as at Dynasty Trades. This episode of the Dynasty Tradecast is brought to you by the FFPC. How's it going, Nathan? It's going swell, my friend. Uh, it's good to be back on the show. Um, still technical difficulties, but we're gonna we're gonna fight it out t- tonight. I think we're gonna sound good though. We're gonna sound very good, uh, and no one's going to complain about the sound at all. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean. Summer's slipping away, so grab hold of Amazing at California's Great America before it's too late. Buy next year's season pass and get unlimited visits this year to experience rides, shows, and attractions. That includes incredible coasters, Boomerang Bay, and an amazing Peanuts-themed kids' area. Get this special offer for as low as 11 payments of $6.50 after an initial payment. Hurry to get the best price on the most fun you can have. Buy your 2020 season pass now at cagreatamerica.com. And Dan can't even get on his computer. So you guys need to get out of the Stone Age and actually learn how to function, you know, your computers. I think we just need to get Rotoviz to invest in a podcast studio and we need to all live in the same city and then we can have a podcast. Dude, it'd be like real world and like we would just be like, you know, just 
it would be like the most boring real world of all time because we are like very reasonable people and we would have like rational arguments about people. But uh, we could probably hike up the drama for for MTV, right? Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, we'd be well on our way to serious. Yeah, no, I mean, I could get pregnant, have a kid at sixteen. It could all go down, Nathan. We could catfish someone. Oh, sure. I'm I'm just listing MTV shows that I know, which I think is too many for a 34 year old. To be honest with you. I mean, they, they have music videos in the 90s. I remember that. Yeah, they did. Uh, I don't think they have those anymore. Um, man, that uh, that Super Bowl uh, really kept giving, Nathan. It did. And um, for those of you who don't know, which is everybody, because I didn't tweet this out, um, I was going in my girlfriend's complex. Um, the entire third quarter, I was looking for a guest spot, and I couldn't find one. So, so I, I got the fourth quarter, but I missed the entire third quarter trying to find a guest parking spot. And that was riveting. It's that sounds horrible. Um, it was, it was actually one of the better Super Bowls I can remember. I had a really great time watching it. Yeah, Just it was def- def- definitely a fun one. I think that it's, it's kind of weird because we've kind of been blessed with like a number of great Super Bowls. And then when you look at the, the Super Bowls from like the seventies and eighties, the box score is like, Oh, the Redskins won 41 to 12. It's like, we, we've seen, we've seen a couple blowouts, you know, Broncos Seahawks a few years ago. Yeah, but for the most part, we've seen some very good Super Bowls. No, totally. And th- this one I kind of thought would be a blowout, and I was expecting the Patriots to just blow the doors off Nick Foles. Didn't think Nick Foles would be up to the challenge, and uh, I was wrong, Nathan. Yeah, I, certainly. I, I thought that if someone was going to win this game, it would have been the Eagles' defensive line, the Eagles' defense. But that wasn't the case. Foles put the team on his back, though. Yeah, the defense really tried their hardest to lose that game. Like, I I, I don't even think it was really that close. So, yeah, for sure. Kudos to Nick Foles and all the money he'll be collecting this offseason. Uh, um, all right, well, let's let's get into the show. And uh, before we do that, I want to let everyone know you can get a listeners-only 30% discount to Rotoviz NFL Pass through the NFL Podcast homepage. That's rotoviz.com slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our NFL content, and it also helps support the pod. You can contact us via email. That's rotoviz at gmail.com or on Twitter at rotoviz radio. You can slide up in them DMs. Um, all right, Nathan. Well, before I guess we get into the show, I'll outline the show a little bit here. Uh, so last week we did Dynasty offseason buys. Uh, this episode we're going to be talking more Dynasty offseason sells. Uh, and then um, and then once we do that, we're going to play a game of Rookie or the Vet. And I'm really hoping you get to sing. Oh, I will. I will. And it'll be a rookie pick version of Rookie of the Vet, mostly because we're really early in the offseason. I'm, I'm more looking at the player, uh, the value of those picks more so than the specific players. So it'll be an interesting one to dive into. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and yeah, I mean, this is one and, and something I would love to have you touch on when we get into that is just talking which players speculatively could be in that location. Um, because when we're talking about comparing that person to a vet, I think that'll be helpful for those of us like myself who haven't done that much research on this particular draft class yet. Um, all right, well, let's go ahead and start talking cells. Um, Nathan, I will kick to you for the first one. I know you've got a, a, a Super Bowl relevant one. Sure. We just talked about how uh, Nick Foles put his team on his back to win that Super Bowl and that Super Bowl MVP. But if I have Nick Foles in any Superflex Dynasty Leagues right now, I am trying to sell, 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 sell. I mean, what are, they, what, are, what are people buying Nick Foles for? Can we, can we stop the conversation there and have that conversation? 
yes, we can have that conversation. It may not quite have seeped its way into Dynasty Twitter yet, but NFL Twitter and NFL media think that Nick Foles is going to have an NFL starting job next year. Obviously not in Philly, but it's going to be somewhere else via trade. And I'm not even convinced of that. I think that there's a chance that Philly keeps him in order to just have that insurance of if Wentz isn't back by week one. Or the more probable outcome, a team like trades for Nick Foles to be, you know, the competing guy in camp with a rookie. I think that's the more likely outcome because I think that NFL teams are smarter than to think, oh, I'm going to go trade for Nick Foles and give him a four-year, $70 million deal. So I, I think that just because he has that Super Bowl MVP, just because he has had that Super Bowl run, yes, that gave Joe Flacco like the most expensive contract in NFL history. But I think that NFL teams are a little bit smarter than that, and they'll end up, you know, valuing Foles higher than they used to, but not to the point of long-term franchise quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I think he's – I don't know. I mean, is there is there anything to be said about the Eagles system producing this type of quarterback and potentially it driving down the value of Carson Wentz? See, that that has been the take I've seen on Twitter. Oh, does this mean that Carson Wentz isn't really that good? Well, it doesn't really matter because Doug Peterson, Carson Wentz are pretty much in a marriage – for the long term. So even if it is the system, that system's going to keep on scoring points with Carson Wentz. So, I mean, I still think that Carson Wentz is a much better football player than Nick Foles, and he's, you know, one of the top six to seven quarterbacks in the NFL today, and obviously one of the youngest as well. So I still think Carson, Carson Wentz is very good, but even if it is the system, it doesn't matter. He's going to be scoring points. He's got Alshon Jeffrey on the long-term deal. Nelson Aguilar has shown some, some uh, bright spots, and, you know, they'll be investing in the position of the draft likely as well. Yeah, and I, you know, this is like just a classic flash in the pan type. And I don't think I don't think everybody's going to overreact. I did see a lot of Twitter going on and on about you have to respect Nick Foles now for what he's done, and he's going to get a starting job. And there was a lot of that, which honestly to me just seemed pretty hot takey. Um, I tend to agree that the NFL is smart enough. I mean, if if he does anything, he's probably going to go like to the Bills and compete with whatever rookie they bring in there. I, I think you're exactly right, Nathan. That like a a camp competitor camp competitor is going to be what he is. And if he wins that job in the, you know, in the off season and starts somewhere that wouldn't shock me. But if he ends the season as a starter, that would shock me. Yeah. So just to speak to a super flex uh, value, I, I think that for, for anyone who actually thinks he can be, you know, even a starter for one or two years, I think you can get like an early second, maybe even like the two Oh two, two Oh three range uh, for Nick Foles in a super flex for someone who thinks wow. that they can be, as short, like, I mean, the thing is, is that with quarterbacks, you know, any amount of years is a positive thing. So if you think Nick Foles is going to be starting, he's pretty much worth that early second. I'm just not convinced that he is that starter for more than maybe a couple games at the most. Yeah, I mean, I would much rather take a flyer on one of the rookie quarterbacks at that spot than somebody like Nick Foles. Uh, I just fail to really see the upside. But who knows? Maybe Foles is improved and turned a page. Uh, I won't, he won't be on any of my teams though. Unfortunately, sadly though, I did drop him a couple years ago in a couple leagues and it, you know, I kind of wish I had just left him on the edge of my roster now that he's worth some things. Sure. All right. I'll move on to my next cell and it is going to be running back Marlon Mack. Eric, you may not have seen it, but, um, <laughs> I, ex- I exploded Twitter today. I broke it. Um, everyone, I definitely didn't see it. Okay, yeah, no, um, Twitter was very mad at me today um, because I tweeted that uh, landing spot doesn't matter, draft, draft capital and draft position does. And Marlon Mack is the perfect example of that. People went crazy for Marlon Mack when he ended up going to Indianapolis. I believe it was the fourth round. 
of last year's draft. And I was not buying even as a USF alum. I was like, yeah, you guys can have Marlon Mack at that late first, early second price tag that he was going for. People were excited. Oh, he's going to take the job from Frank Gore. Oh, he's the long-term running back for an Andrew Luck uh, pass-heavy offense. I'm not buying it at all. I think that it's very slim to none that he ends up being the lead back in that indie offense. Maybe it's more of like a split situation from a guy like Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, maybe in that situation. But I think that Marlon Mack is going to be overvalued throughout this offseason, at least until uh, the NFL draft, because people are excited. They, they saw the flashes. He had a couple, you know, 20 yard runs. Yeah, he but did. At, at the end of the day, it, he the, the Colts just don't have the investment in him to rely on him as a as a, as a number one running back. Yeah, I mean, his stats are pretty underwhelming for the year. And, you know, Marlon Mack, I'm torn a little bit on it. Um, they did they did spend a fourth-round pick on him, though, Nathan. Wasn't he a supplemental pick in that one? Yeah, yeah um, fourth round, the fourth-round pick isn't much, uh, Eric. No, I mean, but for a running back, it's a solid amount. I mean, it's very rare, very, very rare you're seeing people putting first-round capital in the running back. And then, I mean, the place people are just taking shots on running backs is in that, like, second to fourth round. Um, and we've seen fourth, fifth-round running backs break out in the past. Uh, but I agree. I mean, I, I subscribe to the theory that if a running back gets an opportunity and doesn't produce, unlike with a wide receiver, that that it's it's much more telling of his future production than, say, a wide receiver. Like, Nelson Aguilar is an excellent example of that uh, player that is – uh, you know, waited three years, kind of developed, and then finally is starting to break out on the scene, uh, wrapping his head around the system. Running backs tend to be a bit more binary than that. They're either good right off the bat, Kareem Hunt, or they're not right off the bat. Uh, so I, I think I'm on board with you. I mean, I'm not seeing a lot of hype about Marlon Mack, though. I mean, what's the valuation that you're hoping to sell Mack for? I mean, this is the tough thing because you probably bought at an early second price tag. I'd want an early second price tag uh, now, uh, especially now that, you know, he's in the driver's seat. Is Frank Gore retiring? Who knows? Um, but I, I would think people are, are at least have him as the favorite to get the lead carries in Indianapolis as of now. Okay. I mean, I think that's fair. And this is – I would just be interested to see if he is the bell cow there, which I think you're, tell, you're saying he's not. I, I don't know. I would have a tough time selling for what I bought for him. Uh, I just, I feel like I haven't, it's not exactly encouraging what we have seen, but I'm not sure I've seen enough to really break, to just sell and break even on, on the player. Um, so let me go ahead and pivot over to one of my, uh, one of my cells here and, and I'll just, I'll just get hot takey here, but I kind of do this every year during the dynasty off season, as far as the cells go. And I, I just grab like the top running back on the list, the guy who can't possibly get any higher. And in this case, it's Todd Gurley for me. Um, and he's, he's going at the top of the first round in startups, uh, obviously had an amazing year, had an amazing fantasy playoffs. And everybody's going to remember that where he won people championships and that's going to drive up his value. Uh, this is always a situation where if I can get three first for running back, which I think Todd Gurley's right there, I'm more than happy to get out from Todd Gurley for that price tag. And I think people are willing to pay that right now. Yeah, it's always maybe the, the scapegoat call of the offseason to say, oh, it's time to sell the RB1, especially in a wide receiver heavy league. But it is, Dynasty is kind of shifting more back towards those running backs, guys being selected, you know, in, in the four or five running backs being selected in the first round of startups. So uh, I'm certainly not taking Todd Gurley over the guys like Odell Beckham, Mike Evans, and Andre Hopkins. Um, but I think that he could be a sell within the running backs too if you want to downgrade 
maybe go from a Gurley to a David Johnson. Um, I did that midseason for a guy who was competing. I traded Todd Gurley in a 19 second for um, David Johnson in an 18 first, which ended up being the 112 because Gurley gave him the championship, of course. But um, I think that we talk about that a lot with quarterbacks, where, the, where we try and downgrade from like a Wentz to a Watson or something like that. You can do a similar thing at the running back position, go, go from a Gurley to a Johnson, or and maybe not now, but more, more like a Gurley to a McCaffrey or Fournette and get a, a decent piece out of it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's that's sort of the moves I would be looking at, like go Gurley to, I don't know, and I just am remembering Andy Reid as a person, but like Kareem Hunt and get try to get another first out of the deal, something like that, and maybe a little bit more icing on top. Uh, I think people are just gaga for Gurley right now. Uh, that should be the name of the show, uh, that they're gaga for Gurley right now. And that, th- I don't know, I just feel like that it happens so rarely that this guy at the top doesn't, lose value um ezekiel elliott i believe was like the 101 um this time last year or dang close to it um and he's now in the middle of the first round so there's definitely and which isn't a substantial fall and he's not not like he really damaged his stock but there is uh there is upside in just getting out from under those guys and i don't know I, i feel like having the stud running back is great and all but having depth at the running back position tends to be uh tends to be a better long-term play. Yep, I agree. Cool. Um, Who's your next sell there, Nathan? My next sell is one of those that when you look at the dynasty trades on Twitter, you look at various uh, forms of ADP, and I was kind of surprised. Joe Mixon is being valued around like a mid-third-round startup pick type asset right now, and I'm very confused about that. He's being treated as a guy who broke out, and he hasn't really broken out yet. He's had one or two good games in his rookie year. But for the most part, it was an unimpressive year. He, you know, missed snaps behind Gio Bernard and <clears throat> Jeremy Hill a little bit at the beginning of the year. So I, while the door is going to open up a little bit for more touches, that offense might still look as bad as it was the, this past year if Eifert leaves slash doesn't play because he's hurt. Um, that, that offense quickly went from one of my favorite targets to just kind of bleh with Andy Dalton. Yeah, I, I, Mixon, I think what's being baked in, um, is his value, is, is, is the value of him being a, one of the few bell cows, um, or people assuming he's going to be a bell cow once he's back to being healthy. Uh, I'm not so convinced of that. Uh, I think that they've, were reminded at the end of last year that Gio, Giovanni Bernard is actually still good at football, um, and that, that splitting time with him is, could be a beneficial approach to things. Absolutely. And that would be a huge hurt to Mixon's value of the whole thing throughout from when Mixon started being, you know, scouted for rookie drafts and things like that. It's, Oh, this guy has huge, you know, top 20, top 12 type upside. And if he is splitting carries with a Gio Bernard or even another back, if if Bernard leaves a free agency, then, you know, that certainly caps his upside. So, yeah, uh, I mean, my, big thing, my big thing with Mixon is that the, the floor is not being baked in at all at his current price. Correct. I mean, we just saw Jeremy Hill break out in his first year and then just fall off the face of the earth. Uh, Mixon was had a sluggish start. Now, I mean, if he is, he is only 21, if he does if he does turn into three years of production, if he is the bell cow somehow in Cincinnati, if Geo does go away and they, they really rely on mix and lean on him um, and he, he comes around then, then sure the valuation is merited, but guys going around Mixon right now. I mean, you're talking Allen Robinson, Stefan Diggs, Rob Gronkowski, Christian McCaffrey, 
uh, Jarvis Landry, T.Y. Hilton. I would prefer all of those players significantly above what Mixon's going for at kind of a early, early third round valuation. So I'm completely on board with you. I would be curious to see if the price tag we're seeing is not artificially inflated a little bit. Um, experts tend to draft these guys and not let go of them. Uh, I would, I don't know. I feel like if you go shop around in your league, try to sell Mixon, I think you're going to have a much tougher time getting a Stefan Diggs for Mixon. Yeah, I think that might be a case of just the highest guy in the room on him always picking him um, with Joe Mixon. You know, because right. if you're the highest guy in the room on him, then you can't find the guy that's going to value him at that 24, 25 overall type upside. So I think that that could be the case. But, you know, if someone looks at ADP and says, oh, Joe Mixon for Allen Robinson, that's a fair trade, I would capitalize that on, on that 100%. I completely agree with you. Um, I will I will pivot to my next sell here, and it's kind of in that same vein of Joe Mixon and a player who I really see the valuation and I say, why? Um, and that's Lamar Miller, uh, still valued in an early fifth-round valuation. Uh, he did not look good this last offseason. And, I, I mean, there's rumors that Deontay Foreman's taking his job uh, next year going to uh, – you know, Miller's going to have probably a complimentary role at best going into 2018. Um, an early fifth round pick just seems too high for a the question marks and b the potential the the, the floor potential associated with Miller. Um, what are your thoughts on that on that sell there, Nathan? Miller at his current price tag is the perfect example of someone looking. All right, who were the top 24 scores at their position this year? Looking at total numbers. And Lamar Miller, the last couple of years, he's been an RB2. But that's because he just hasn't gotten hurt. And, you know, at, at, at times, running back is the survival of the fittest. And Lamar Miller has played and he's been healthy, but he hasn't been putting up big, big games. He's been scoring like 10 points per game. And if you do 10 points per game over 16 weeks, then that gets you into, into that RB2 territory. So I think it's, you know, it's a weekly game. So he's not winning you any weeks. Maybe he's not losing you any weeks. He's giving you, you know, that steady 10 points a game. But sure, but is he going to continue to do that? I mean, is, or are you just saying that the philosophy of the person making the mistake of just reading the box scores? No, no, that's what I'm saying is that's the mistake of the person that is looking at the year-end year points and saying, oh, this guy finished his RB16, he must still be good. When he isn't really, he's just stayed healthy without much competition behind him. Foreman has, you know, got some carries, but then he ended up getting hurt uh, right, right after he got a touchdown. So um, I think that for the most part, Miller, he might still have that RB1 role in Houston as of now but I don't think that he has it on lockdown at all. No, I don't think so either. And I think, I think there will be much more of a committee. And, and I know that the discussion when he got to Houston was now he finally gets his chance to be a bell cow back. Um, I think that that vanishes, but then again, I don't know. I mean, to play devil's advocate against myself here, because Dan's not on the show. So I'll play devil's advocate of Dan, assuming that he likes Lamar Miller, which I'm, I'm assuming he does. Cause he's really bad. Um, that, <laughs> that he was productive in as, as a complimentary piece uh, in a Dolphins offense uh, a couple years ago. So, I mean, he has shown productivity in that role. And I, I don't think he – I think he's talented enough to where he's not just going to vanish, but uh, but something in that something in that, lit, in that fifth round seems to be pushing it to me. All right, my next sell is going to be a little bit takey over here. Uh, we're going to go with Travis Kelsey. He's a guy who, you know, he's kind of entered the the tier of, you know, Gronk in the fact that, you know, he's a little, little, just a little bit younger. For some reason, people still think he's a lot younger, but he's only a year younger than 
than Rob Gronkowski. Rob Gronkowski has hinted at retirement a little bit uh, towards the end of the season, so maybe that might even boost the value of Travis Kelsey slash move down Gronk a little bit. And pretty much my philosophy has always been punt tight end in startups and, you know, try and spend the least amount of, you know, capital possible, whether it be, you know, in an existing league or in a startup at the tight end position, because, you know, for the most part, you can get by with the Delaney Walkers of the world and, you know, uh, the Trey Burtons occasionally on a streaming uh, variety. So I think that the, the tight end position is so replaceable that investing it, where you could probably end up getting a mid wide receiver two or even, you know, a, a low end RB1, I just don't see myself investing in the tight end position there. So, I mean, that might just be more of a te- team building thing so, of Travis of selling Travis Kelsey. But um, I think he's a good sell right now, especially with uh, people might even be moving him into tight end one with the Gronk rumors. Well, I mean, I guess the one thing that I look at with somebody like Kelsey, maybe to, to, to argue a bit with you, because I don't, I don't think the price tag's nuts. Um, and I, I mean, it's not like he's like the Gronk price tag from a couple of years ago where he's going in the first round and being argued as the 101 uh, before OBJ kind of took that over. But positional scarcity, I mean, here, here let me just read off the top tight ends uh, in Dynasty right now. And that is Rob Gronkowski, number one, Kelsey, number two, Ertz, number three. Then in my opinion, there's a pretty big drop off here where you start going into young tight end territory with the Evan Ingrams, the Hunter Henrys, the OJ Howards, the David Njoku's, the Kyle Rudolphs that, and that's Kyle Rudolph's not young for the record. Uh, But there is something to be said about Kelsey being leaps and bounds and giving you a positional advantage. Um, And yeah, I mean, sure, I could play Trey Burton, but am I ever going to really feel comfortable with that? I'm not. So I don't know. I actually, I actually don't think Kelsey's a sell. I'm good holding on to him. He, he kind of fizzled off at the end of last year as far as production goes, and I think that really tempered his value uh, going into going into this off season. And for me, I don't necessarily think he's a buy, but I, I'm I'm certainly not going around thinking that I want to get rid of him. Any concerns that he lost check down Charlie? <laughs> um. Not really. I mean, he's he's able to catch great balls downfield, too. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I still think Mahomes scrambles enough that he's going to have to check down from time to time. So, I, I you know, I, no, not really. Uh, it doesn't really freak me out that much. Uh, what he makes up for in, you know, three 10-yard catches, he'll probably, you know, make in one 34-yard catch. Yeah, I was uh, mostly – I just want to make a joke about Alex Smith there. You want to call him check down, Mahomes... Charlie? Is that the joke? <laughs> I, I I don't think that Mahomes hurts Kelsey's value, but I, I do still think that he's a sell at that like third round price tag. And and you, you mentioned the guys below him. I don't think that they're good investments either. It's guys that are going like the fifth, the seventh round. Right. I'm more just waiting until much later for the older tight ends. That that way I can just, you know, spend the least amount possible on, on tight end points. Yeah. I mean, um, like I said, I, I understand that. I think it's just a philo- It's just a philosophy of if you want to have an advantage at that position, week in and week out for the most part, unless you're playing Gronk, then Kelsey could, could give you that edge. For sure. And anybody else you're taking at the third is not necessarily going to give you that edge. Likely. Will Aaron, will Aaron Jones give you that edge, Eric? No, but that's my next sell. Um, quit sneaking <laughs> off my list. You're sniping me, man. Um, I didn't even get to give him a proper intro. Uh, he's a guy that I was super excited about midseason. Loved him. If you listen to the trade cast back then, forget about that. Forget about Aaron Jones then and my takes on Aaron Jones. Uh, I think it is obvious that none of these guys are going to be the answer in Green Bay. And moving forward, they're at absolute best 
complimentary pieces. And I even hold my breath using the word complimentary pieces. Like even, I don't know, Gio Bernard or Aaron Jones, give me Gio Bernard. Uh, Aaron Jones is going in the seventh round. still. I, I, I just assume it's kind of an anomaly of people still using the MFL draft software and that draft software still having Aaron Jones pretty high from the season and people just kind of autopiloting and selecting him. At least I hope that's what it is. Uh, Cause I, I just, I just can't see how that valuation exists. Cause really a seventh rounder is still in the second round rookie valuation, right? Nathan. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and like a few years ago, I can remember trading seventh round startup picks for future first. So, you know, uh, probably not the case now, but you know, we'll, we'll what year that was that Nathan? Like 2013. <laughs> okay you know back when i was like in middle school um yeah, i recall so yeah. i did a podcast <laughs> yeah, with you so, when you were in middle school yeah there you go uh aaron jones um i'm also a seller but i think this is the type of guy i don't think that he's gonna lose value because a rookie comes into green bay because i don't think one really does maybe they invest in one in like a you know a scat back in free agency or something like that but i think that the case of when the rookies come on to mfl that is when his ADP will, you know, drop and that'll result in a price drop because you, you know, when you insert, you know, 14 to 18 rookies, that seventh round goes right. turns into a late ninth, early 10th. So um, he's a seventh rounder without the rookies, but it, that'll definitely go down when you insert those rookies into ADP. So I think that's a, a bit of a difference in the value of, of veterans in the month of January. Okay. Uh, so are you, are you saying if you're, are you saying you're selling him, right now if you can before those rookies come in uh i mean what what pick are you willing to take for jones i'd take like anything two or three or higher really so if i offer you the 205 today you don't sell aaron jones eh, i mean maybe but like i i'm not like you know i don't feel obligated to take that offer right now man i think i would jump all over that offer i i don't know i i, I my faith is a bit shaken i'm not sure I, I'm just not sure I see the answer there in that backfield, but maybe Aaron, maybe Aaron Rodgers brings Aaron Jones to life and solves all problems, uh, rises, rises all, uh, all ships, so to speak. Okay, uh, let's go ahead and wrap up with one more sell for you, Nathan. Um, and I'm just going to ruin it for you because you just ruined mine. Uh, Josh Gordon, tell us about that, Nathan. I don't know who he is. Who's, who's Josh Gordon? Um, Josh Gordon. Flash. He's uh, flash. He, he, he's flashy. Um, he scores touchdowns. Um, he certainly showed some flashes um, when, when he came back from sus- uh, suspension at the end of the year. But, you know, this happens every single time with, with his uh, ADP when he comes back from suspension. He goes from guy who's being picked as a top 30 pick down to 120, down to 240, back up to 80, back up to 36. Right. I wrote an and, article on it, actually, with a graph. Yeah, well, graphs, those are pretty cool. Um, and we're back up to that point where he's being drafted as like a late third, early fourth round startup pick. I I just don't get it. I mean, even if, let's say, Josh Gordon never does another drug in the rest of his life, never gets suspended again the rest of his life, is he still even worth a late third round pick? Like, I think that, I think I envision his career more as like a low end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three, especially if, you know, what the weapons Cleveland has, if he stays in Cleveland, pretty much wherever he goes, I don't see him being a number one in a, an offense more, more because I don't think an NFL team can, you know, rely on him to be that uh, because of his off the field issues. So I think that teams will bring him in as a number two, if he leaves Cleveland in Cleveland, I think he splits touches with Njoku and Corey Coleman and maybe a rookie that they bring in with a, one of their 18 million picks. So I, I think that 
just because of what has happened so far in his career that limits his upside even on the field. So I, I think that if you want to invest in like a sixth, seventh round pick, I'm fine with that. Cause I think that, you know, when he explodes, he's going to have some big games regardless, but I'm not sure it's going to be as consistent as the huge, you know, 2013, I believe. Yeah. But this is another case of there's always a guy, there's a guy in every single draft that thinks Josh Gordon and just is intoxicated. And I, that's funny. I use the word when I talk about Josh Gordon, but intoxicated by the upside of Josh Gordon. Uh, and that's, I feel like that's common. So I, I don't know. I feel like that pushes his, his, his value up a bit. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Twitter is forever going to be in love with Josh Gordon. And that was the article I wrote ages ago uh, where I basically said, this is ridiculous. It, everybody just has such short-term memory that, you know, he goes up to the second round. He goes, goes down to worth nothing. He goes up to the third round. He goes back down to being worth nothing. And now he's going up to the fourth round and, I have a hunch where he's going from here if I were to just throw a dart at it. <laughs> For sure. Uh, so, okay. Um, well, let's, before we get in the game, I want to tell you guys about our sponsor. This, this show is being sponsored by the Fantasy Football Players Championship or the FFPC. Uh, so let me tell you about our friends over at the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. Uh, for most people, it's the off-season, but not for the FFPC. They now have almost 200 active dynasty leagues with entry fees starting at $77 and going all the way up to $2,500. And here's something incredible. Not a single dynasty league is folded in eight years. Orphan dynasty teams are available for purchase right now. Many of these are good teams ready to compete and startup dynasty leagues will be, will be forming shortly. So get your name on the wait list today. Plus, if you're ready to draft now, the FFPC Best Ball Leagues will be opening for 2018 season in a few days, starting at a $35 entry fee. Don't miss the FFPC experience. Go to ffpc.com and register now. That's myffpc.com, the home of of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. And we thank them for sponsoring this show. Okay, on that note, let's get into Rookie or the Vet, Nathan. Rookie, rookie, all the vet. Rookie or the vet. Rookie, Here we go. rookie, all the vet. Here we go. This will be a rookie pick edition of Rookie or the Vet to give you a, a, an idea of some of the tier breaks. And we'll talk about the players a little bit more so, just the value of the picks as of right now. We'll start off with one where we're pretty sure we know what the pick is the 101 or Amari Cooper. As of now, the 101 looks like it's locked in, guaranteed, Saquon Barkley. I don't really see any, any range of outcomes where it's not Saquon Barkley in most dynasty leagues. So, if he goes full Dalvin Cook, man, what about that? Oh, yeah. I mean, if, he has the, if, if the guy who's a freak athlete doesn't have a great combine, then what will see happen? <laughs> um, but just talking specifically 101 or Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper certainly has lost value in the last 12 months. He was being drafted as a top four, top five overall dynasty asset. And while it not, might not seem like much, but now he's dipped into that 13, 14 range, you know, five or six, I mean, eight or eight or nine uh, spots down, a little bit of a yeah. drop in the first round. So I've been an advocate of Murray Cooper, huge college production um, and huge early, early career production as well at a young age. So for me, it comes down to running back or wide receiver. And it, this is one of those things that I think that if I'm trying to sell the 101, maybe I can try and squeeze a little bit more than, than just Amari Cooper because people are so crazy about Saquon Barkley in the 101. But if I'm talking about who do I want points for the next four, five, six, however many your, your window years are, 
I'm taking Amari Cooper because I think that he's, you know, wide receivers rule all in Dynasty. I think he bounced back, bounces back in 2018 and gets back into that four, five, six range of startups. Yeah, I mean, and I don't know. I mean, it's it's pretty much common Dynasty knowledge that the 101 pretty much always kind of sits at the beginning of that second round startup valuation. And I'm not sure Barkley is going to be that different. But right now, the the combination of the hate on Amari and the love for the 101 um, specific and, and it being Barkley, but really the 101 right now is just an asset that's worth its weight in gold, which is pretty typical at this time of year. Uh, I don't think I would sell the 101 for Amari straight up. I think I could hold out, as you mentioned, for a bit more. Uh, I think the valuation is probably Amari. Uh, I think I would probably take take that and, and take the deflated price of him having kind of a down year this year and trusting that he's going to fix it and trusting in his football skills and what I saw in the first year of him playing. Uh, so I think I'm okay with that. I think I think I'm fine with it. But yeah, I mean Barkley could turn out to be absolutely amazing. Could catapult into that top of the first round, like uh, like some of the rookies this year. Uh, actually, none of the rookies this year did that. They started to catapult that far, but they ended up at the end of the first round. So, um, yeah, I, I think I think that that's kind of the dilemma with this, and I think that's kind of the dilemma with selling picks at all right now is that the marketplace is so outrageously inflated because everybody loves picks that the 101 is probably worth more right now than Amari Cooper, but should it be come, come the season opener? Is that going to be the case? No, probably not, but it is, it is something right now where the hype is taking over. We'll move on to the next one, rookie or the vet rookie pick 1.03 or why is she from Minnesota Vikings? Adam Thielen. See, this is where there's – I think that while there's Gaga over, over Saquon Barkley, I think that there's a bit of a, a tier with Saquon Barkley and Darius guys. And it's a question of, all right, who's next? There's some people who have Sony Michelle there, Portland Sutton, Calvin Ridley. There are so many guys that could possibly go there. And yeah. that's why I think this is interesting because I think that if you ask me, do I want 103 or 106? I mean, do I, do I want 106 or Thielen? I might be more inclined to pick Thielen. But just because I know that I'm going to get the pick of the litter of that tier – I, I'm going to go with the 103 because <clears throat> I'm going to go with the 103 because someone's going to, you know, shine through there, whether it's through a huge combine or someone going higher in the NFL draft than we, than we thought. So I, I think it's one of those things that you buy at the beginning of the next year, hoping, okay, some guy is going to, you know, separate himself from everybody else. Yeah. And I, I think it was Ryan McDowell that said that said that there's always somebody that pops up during the combine that, makes the quote certain tier uh, system like kind of change where there's always a guy who creeps into a tier higher than um, where, where, you know, you thought it was only two players at the top tier. Somebody creeps into somebody creeps and makes it three or somebody creeps into the second tier, whatever that may be. So I, I like that strategy, Nathan. I think buying the one Oh three is actually a really smart play because there's not that much hype for the one Oh three right now. And you will have your pick of the litter of those guys the guys who blow up the combine or have an amazing landing spot. You're going to have, uh, have that, that pick of the litter. As I keep saying, I think that's three pick of the litters in the last minute and a half of this podcast. So uh, maybe that's the name of the podcast. Maybe, maybe <laughs> it's the pick of the litter podcast. Uh, or maybe that's our new kittens podcast. What do you think about that? We could do that. <laughs> Audio I'm kittens. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is again, feeling, and I think the value is close to right. Uh, but I agree with you this time of year. And 
I'm probably just planning to buy the 103 and sell it once hype hits. That's probably what I would be doing here because I think you can probably get more than what you bought it for right now. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily the case with the 101. I think the 101 is going to depreciate a bit before rookie drafts actually start. But I think the 103 is one of those that will climb as as players get landing spots, as players bust out in the combine. So give me the 103 here. And I think that's unfortunately going to probably be how this entire game show goes here, just because of the time of year. If you're asking me, uh, you know, week 13, which one of these guys I'd want, the answer is almost certainly going to flip. Yeah, I agree. The, the, the time of year certainly has an impact on some of these answers. We'll go on to our next one, rookie pick 108 or Broncos wide receiver Demarius Thomas. Thomas certainly had a down year uh, as compared to past years, but he also had a mess at quarterback between Pax Dillon, Trevor Simeon. Um, I think a Brock Osweiler made an appearance a couple times. Oh, yeah, the Brock Lobster show. Dun, 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 dun. So I, I think that, you know, with this, it's kind of me admitting I'm officially out on Demarius. I think that even if he, they get a Kirk Cousins, even if they get, you know, one of these top rookie quarterbacks, Demarius' skills have, you know, along with the quarterback play around him, his skills have also diminished. He's not quite the receiver he was when he was 25, 26 years old. So I think I'd capitalize now to sell because certainly this time next year, I don't think you can get any sort of first round pick for him. And, and for some people, they wouldn't give a first round pick for him today. So I think now might be the last chance to get a, a first round pick for him if you want that. Yeah, I think there's two types of people with Demarius, and I and I te- I've tended to fall on the other side of the fence here, Nathan. And I think I think this is kind of where we differ in some of our dynasty opinions, where he's a proven asset who's proven very production productive over the years. But I can't disagree with you that this is the time. This is the last time that you're going to be able to get a first form, and it might have already even passed. Um, that you know, if the Broncos pick up a big, sexy quarterback, then maybe the hype for Demarius starts. But I mean, Demarius right now is going in the fifth round of dynasty startups. I mean, just think about that. That's a productive wide receiver. Who's kind of a known asset. I mean, even if I get two more years out of Demarius Thomas, that's that pays for itself. So, um, the thing that I think you have to accept when you're buying Demarius Thomas is it is purely the opposite of a 108. It is purely going to lose value over time. That, that if you if you pay a fifth round startup price for Demarius Thomas, at no point are you going to be able to sell him for more than that unless he just has a crazy year. So accepting that in your your depreciating assets is fine as long as you're playing to win a championship. The problem is if your team turns into a stinker and you have somebody like Demarius Thomas that you have to fire sale off, that stinks. So you know Demarius, I think I think I do. For the 108 or Demarius to me, who I mean, who is even the 108 right now, Nathan? Like, is it, who would who would you put it, as kind of in that range? It would be running backs, guys like Rashad Penny, Ronald Jones, um, maybe one of the tight ends sneak up there with uh, Dallas Goddard. Um, there's it's a there's a wide range of guys that could fall there. Um, I saw Nick Chubb fall to the fourth round of the NFL draft in one mock. So if if he falls to the fourth round of the NFL draft, it's conceivable that he could Nick, end Chubb, up there. Nick Chubb could fall down to the 108. But you know. It, there's so many ways that the NFL draft can go and how that affects rookie drafts. So, I mean, I can't really pinpoint a name at 108, but I, I know that it's a guy that I can probably count on for points immediately if it's a running back. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think that that's, that's helpful, your, your description there, because I'm not tuned in enough right now and haven't done my research this offseason yet to figure that out. But I, I think that that's, that's kind of what you're getting is, is I think it's all team-built team scenario there, is if you're competing for the next two years and your team is built for that, I think I take Demarius over the 108. If your team's kind of a middling team and it's questionable whether or not Demarius 
is going to become just a hole of value in your roster, then and who's going to hurt you week to week if your team starts tanking, then that's the spot where I'm like, okay, I'd probably take the 108 in that case. So, um, I, you know, again, it's one of those situational answers, but value-wise, probably the 108 is worth more than the Marius right now. Yeah, it's certainly a close one. Our final one is also a close one, in my opinion. Our last rookie or the veil. Rookie or the veil. Will be 201, 201 rookie pick, or Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker, kind of like Joe Mixon, but maybe a couple years in, in the future, I guess. He had his flashes, but overall he's been disappointing throughout his career as well as this past season. Um, but this is kind of where he sunk. You know, when, when he was being drafted in 2015, he was going as the 103, 104 in rookie drafts. And now we're discussing, is he worth the 201? So I, I think that at this point, at this very stage, I'm going to lean towards Parker, hoping that, okay, maybe uh, Jarvis Landry leaves or maybe Devontae Parker gets traded or, or some sort if he's in the doghouse in Miami. I think that there's enough talent there. And, you know, we go back to draft capital, draft capital, draft capital. He was a first-round pick in the NFL draft a few years ago. So I, I think that I'm not in love with the early second round of, of rookie drafts right now as far as 2018 is concerned. Um, so I'll go Devontae Parker, um, but I, I don't love it either way. Yeah, and, and Parker's Parker's a question mark, I think. Um, and, and he is only going about four picks at the ADP I'm looking at here. He's only going four picks after Demarius Thomas um, in that fifth round. So the price discrepancy between the 108 and 201 is pretty significant. I mean, for that reason alone, I think I'm taking Parker over the 201. Um, and and, and I'm, I'm reminded to be patient after the Super Bowl as I'm watching Nelson Aguilar actually look pretty good out on the field. Um, as I'm watching that, I'm thinking, man, I've got to learn to be more patient with wide receivers. Uh, and and I think that Parker is probably a good example of that. He's I loved everything about him coming out of school, and he just hasn't put it all together, but that's not to say he's not going to. So uh, the 201, the total flyer, I would much rather go Devonta Parker and just take the upside of him potentially busting through that ceiling this year. All right. Well, I think we're I think we're out of rookie or the vets there, Nathan. Yep, that means we're out of show. We're out of show. Uh, well, Dan didn't even make it into the show. His computer must have had a meltdown. That's sad to go. I was hoping he was going to come in and just start like cursing in the middle of the show while we were recording live there, Nathan. Um, obviously, I could have edited it out after the fact, but uh, that's what I was looking forward to. Yep, but uh, for those who are um, going to complain about any sort of uh, issues with computers. Um, Tell someone to buy us a studio and make us all live next to each other. <laughs> yeah, buy buy a studio because that's the most logical solution here, Nathan. Or buy a microphone. <laughs> okay. Um, on on uh, I guess on that note, I want to remind everybody to rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Uh, five star ratings and reviews help other listeners find us. If you want to help other listeners find us, we greatly appreciate that. It helps us find sponsors. Helps us find uh, you know get things for new content and uh and overall just makes us very happy and uh and makes what we do worth doing it uh so on that note uh go leave that five-star review and for nathan and myself we will catch up with you guys next week
summer's slipping away, so grab hold of Amazing at California's Great America before it's too late. Buy next year's season pass and get unlimited visits this year to experience rides, shows, and attractions. That includes incredible coasters, Boomerang Bay, and an amazing Peanuts-themed kids' area. Get this special offer for as low as 11 payments of $6.50 after an initial payment. Hurry to get the best price on the most fun you can have. Buy your 2020 season pass now at cagreatamerica.com. The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's Power Cash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit penfed.org slash powercash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.